So this is a the Sutta uh, Gidimananda Sutta again, and one of the perceptions that need to be developed. Uh, what is the perception of dispassion? And there's also the, the, the perception of cessation, but mm-hmm. it's uh, said in the same way. It's described the same way: dispassion and cessation. Here, Bhikkhu, having gone into seclusion, reflects: this is peaceful. This is sublime. That is, the stilling of all sankharas, activities, the relinquishing of all acquisitions, yeah. the relinquishing of all ac- acquisitions, the destruction of craving, dispassion, nibbana. So this, this type of perception can only start being developed after many others have been developed. Mm. It's not something that you can... So it seems like more of a result. Well, yeah, it's, become... it's the result. This passion is the result that then at some point, you know, when your mind has sufficiently developed, you recognize that as well. You recognize this passion as a direct result, as a phenomenon that, that's the result of all the previous efforts. And now you can single that phenomenon out and like amplify it, so to speak, emphasize it further. Mm-hmm. That's how you kind of develop uh, these perceptions by recognizing them for what they are. But you will not be able to re- recognize the phenomenon of dispassion unless everything else mm. that's been leading to dispassion has been developed beforehand. Yeah, yeah. You can't be acting passionately, no. thinking about dispassion. Yeah, exactly. that's, 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 not, that's not the perception of dispassion. Yeah. That's, that's not, not the perception of that's the, the relinquishment. The that's the abstraction. Yeah. There's a perception of the abstracted idea. Yeah. yeah. So I'll just read an, another sutta, which seems to relate uh, uh, in the uh, middle length discourse number fourteen. A person named Mahanama. He's speaking to the Buddha. He says, "For a long time, sir, I have understood your teaching like this: greed, hatred, and delusion are corruptions of mind." Despite understanding this, sometimes my mind is occupied occupied by thoughts of greed, hate and delusion. I wonder what qualities remain in me that I have such thoughts. And the Buddha replies, There is a quality that remains in you that makes you have such thoughts. For if you had given up that quality, you would not still be living at home and enjoying Mm. sensual pleasures. Mm. But because you haven't given up that quality, you are still living at home and enjoying sensual pleasures. Sensual pleasures give little gratification and much suffering and stress, and they are all the more full of drawbacks. Even though a noble disciple has clearly seen this with right understanding, so long as they do not achieve the joy and pleasure that are apart from sensual pleasures and unbeneficial qualities, or something even more peaceful than that, they might still return to sensual pleasures. Mm. But when they do achieve their joy and pleasure, or something more peaceful than that, they will not return to sensual pleasures. If they do, so, so, lo- as, so long as they do not achieve the joy and pleasure that are apart from sensual pleasures yeah. and unbeneficial quality. Yeah, so first thing to mention there is uh, <clears throat> people can sort of uh, conclude on the basis of that paragraph that, aha, so here I am attracted to sensuality. Let me now find pleasure different to sensuality they will take my mind away from sensuality. So let me experience the jhana pleasure so that then my mind will not want to go to sensuality. 
If you read other suttas though, the Buddha says that the only way to experience jhana pleasure is to completely abandon sensual pleasure beforehand. He said, I can't remember, I think in Siddhanguttarenka, he said uh, that one can experience jhana, that develop jhana, that abide in the first jhana without having thoroughly understood the, uh, the gratification, danger and the escape from sensuality, that's impossible. So it's impossible to have jhana, to develop jhana, to abide in jhana, to cultivate jhana, unless you have fully seen, developed the danger of sensuality, that perception, and fully lost interest in it. And then you develop the jhana, and if that's done sufficiently enough, let's say like that, the mind will lose even any underlying inclination to return to sensuality if it becomes careless and falls off from jhana. So that quality needs to mm -hmm. be developed, but the only way to develop it, that's like almost like a catch-22, the only way to develop it is to first see the danger in sensuality. That's already how you develop it. So the quality that Mahanama needs to see really most acutely is the danger in sensuality. That will then result in the quality of pleasure different to sensuality that then he can cultivate and not return to sensual pleasures. But they are abandoning sensual pleasures, withdrawing from them. And over time, uh, you don't automatically get jhana. Or, uh, you know, no. But you do feel joy. Well, pleasure. yes, because you're, you're free from danger. Like the danger of sensuality does not apply to you. You, you get the joy in the same sense you would get the joy if you just escaped a, a death trap mm -hmm. or something. So you, you might not have some other pleasure now, but you certainly have pleasure of freedom from a death trap. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's not a small but, thing. So that's, that's what I'm saying. It's important to recognize that no, you can't replace sensuality. You can't knock it out as a peg with another pleasure that's not sensual because that principle is always sensual. So even if people try to get the jhanas and hoping that they will free them from sensuality, that will be the sensual meditation. So the only way to get jhanas, to discover direction of jhana and the, and the wholesome pleasure that's not the sensual one, is to fully see the danger of sensuality contemplate the danger, contemplate the peril of the trap and all the hunter similes and everything else until you, like, absolutely mind becomes incapable of activating towards that type of pleasure because of the fear of the danger. And if we compare that to having a mental intent uh, directed everywhere else except to the charcoal pit where, the, where two strong men are dragging you towards. That's how you should regard sensuality, like a charcoal pit. So instead, do you think that man that's about to be thrown in a charcoal pit, do you think even even like a tiny, like sort of, w w any molecule of his being, would, would, would he be able to, to think, okay, no, I'll go to the charcoal, it's impossible. He, his intention would want to be everywhere else but there. And that's the intention that must be cultivated towards sensual pleasures. <clears throat> and that's sufficiently developed, that's already a form of, you know, a substantial freedom. That then if you dwell secluded like that for a while, that's then the pleasure of seclusion that's developed beforehand that then is accompanied later on by jhana. Well, but so, so that, that pleasure of withdrawal, that pleasure mm -hmm. of seclusion, is a pleasure which, you know, which one can experience. And yeah, it's a pleasure yeah. of relief, relief from yeah. the danger. But it's not necessarily, not necessarily a jhana. No, no, but it's, it's basically, it's prerequisite. That's what it says, having mm. been secluded from sensuality, he experiences the pleasure on account of that seclusion from sensuality, and then he enters and abides in jhana. 
So the pleasure in jhana is the pleasure of seclusion from sensuality, not the pleasure of a mystical experience of jhanic absorption yeah. or something. So it's the pleasure of safety, mm -hmm. the relief of safety, that then if you dwell long enough, your mind will be established in correct thinking and pondering. They will not be spilling out into domain that doesn't pertain to. The clarity will be established. The mindfulness will be unwavering. And that's the jhana on the basis of that pleasure of seeing the danger in sensuality and refusing to go there anymore. So, but any so a person uh, restrains their senses, mm -hmm. starts taming that wild animal, mm -hmm. and it calms down. Mm -hmm. And there is a experience of calmness mm -hmm. on account of that, which is peaceful, which is yeah. pleasant. Sure, but it's that comes from not being wild, not le not letting this animal run wild. Yeah. So that pleasure is higher than sensual. In, in a way, yeah. Yeah, because that animal is now tamed. Yeah, it's it's still can... it's subtler. It's subtler. It's higher, but it's uh, it's more refined. Uh, that mm -hmm. pleasure of taming the animal. Mm -hmm. It's more refined. But even you know, so it's not. So it's harder to see. That's yeah. why so it takes yeah. cultivating, and it takes getting used to, uh, and and it takes time to start seeing the true value of it. You might see the value of it when you go really far with, you know, letting the wild animal run loose. And then you see the value of peace generated by that kind of wild animal you created. But the thing is, you want to see the value of peace even if you don't let the animal run wild. Right, right. Yeah, there's no contrast. So, so, yeah, exactly. So, exactly. So you, 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 can you, keep you want to not need the contrast for right, the value yeah, of peace. Exactly. You want to always see the value of peace regardless of the contrast or the absence of it. Mm -hmm. Okay, but so uh, even if someone's been doing that for a long time, taming that animal, that the animal's tamed, mm. and they're not doing anything unwholesome, and they haven't been wild for one year, two years, mm. and they can recognize that they are quite calm. Yes, peaceful. yes, but they still might be attracted to sensuality. Yeah. So if their environment would change or become more challenging or something, I don't know. Uh, the mind might revert back to, you know, the pleasure mm. that it has not fully seen the drawbacks of and the danger in the pleasure of sensuality. And that's pretty much the question, you know, he had the right view there. He was at least a Sotopana when he asked that question. He said, you know, a noble disciple who clearly understood, yet sometimes he still remains attracted to this sensuality and the mind gets clouded with sensual desire and so on. And it's because you have not mm. thoroughly developed yourself in regard to, as the Buddha says, your own body through seeing the danger of that sensuality. So when the body presents you with a prospect of physical pleasure through its senses, your mind is not developed to, to, to withstand it. And you develop it like that, that mind, that withstanding, by contemplating the danger of, of that prospect and, and enduring the danger of the prospect, enduring the pull and the pain of saying no to it and uh, not acting out of it and then contemplating the danger. And when the danger is absent, think like valuing the peace and the absence yeah. of danger. Valuing that escape. Yeah. That? But that's what I mean. It needs, to be, um, it needs to be taken as if your life depends on it. That, that, because if you don't take it like that burning charcoal pit, uh, the mind will not be, you know, well, it won't, it won't turn away from it sufficiently enough. So the danger will not be uh, become apparent in its entirety. You might see the drawbacks, you know, you know, as an afterthought, 
they might keep you in check, but fundamentally, you want to see the presence of the prospect of pleasure is the presence of peril in itself. You might feel a bit Not of two seconds later, or a millisecond later, or tomorrow, or if I, no. Presence of that possibility is means the other side of that same coin is the peril. So then there is no touching it. There is no even for a second wanting the charcoal mm -hmm. burning pit. So that's important to see. The, to, if you want to see the drawbacks of sensuality correctly, they must not be seen as the future results of it, which they also are. You might start like that, but you need to see it as the immediate presence of danger with the immediate presence of possibility of pleasure. That's where the danger is. Like two sides of the same coin. And that's when the danger is apparent. Uh, as I was saying, was about the relief, so you might experience the relief that comes from seeing the danger. Mm. But you, you shouldn't be complacent then. Oh, well, ladies, sure, that, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you experience the relief, great, and then see. Okay, so still... exactly. So, am I still like, will I in the future? Could I in the future be still attracted to sensual pleasure? Well, okay, let's wait and see. In the, in the meantime, I just have to be very careful. Mm. Value your relief. That's, Value the relief, that protect is... it, guard mm. it. Yeah, yeah, protect. Yeah. And uh, another suitor that I think it might, might be the same one. I think, yeah, I think it is. Uh, the Buddha asks. Uh, Mahanama again. What do you think? Is the king, Bimbisada, is the king endowed with those five cause of sensual pleasures capable of experiencing perfect happiness and joy for seven days and nights without moving his body or speaking? No, he is not. What about six days and nights? Five, four, three, two, one day and night. No, he is not. Mm. But I am capable of experiencing perfect happiness, joy, pleasure for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven days and nights without moving my body and speaking. This being so, who lives in the greater pleasure, the king or I? Mm. The one who has something, who needs to do something in order to get the pleasure or the one who doesn't need to do anything in order to abide in pleasure? Who's better off? Yeah. The one who yeah. doesn't need to do anything. And that's the pleasure of jhana, cessation of activities. Mm -hmm. So, so the person going after sensual objects, sensual pleasures, mm -hmm. has to do all these activities to yeah. maintain it, to get it, and so on. Mm -hmm. And and they can have loads of money, access, loads of access mm -hmm. to those things. Mm -hmm. And yet, uh, well, as great as that pleasure might be, it always depends on. The activity yeah, depends activity. on needing to do, depends on duty and burden and pressure to act. Yeah. And the one that doesn't need sensual objects <laughs> and sensual pleasures, yeah. he gets a he, higher pleasure. Yeah, that he doesn't need pleasure. to doesn't need to feed, maintain, and it's not pressured by. And it and it involves that um, those that non-involvement with those unwholesome activities. Well, yeah, yeah, so it's, it's the result of the non-involvement with the unwholesome activities. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what about it as an encouragement? You know, there's that, uh, like that one sutta where the Buddha takes, he shows one monk, I think uh, Nanda, his name was, and he takes him to these heavenly realms, it mm -hmm. says, and he shows Nanda these celestial nymphs, beings, nymphs or whatever, uh, that are very attractive. Yeah. And he says, which is, you know, which is better? the Those women on earth that you are attracted to? 
of these celestial beings. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and then he said, if you restrain from, um, if you remain celibate, give up sensual pleasures of uh, worldly kind, you'll get rewarded in heaven mm-hmm. with these uh, these pleasures, heavenly pleasures. He's like, okay, well, I'll do that. And but because he renounced those sensual, worldly sensual pleasures, he went quite far, became a noble disciple, and finished the job. So he never got those heavenly pleasures. I don't think. Mm-hmm. So what's the question? So is that so their encouragement? Like, well, here is a, a better pleasure. Well, yeah. You know. But again, none of that encouragement pertains to the pleasures that you know of this world, which are entirely sensual pleasures. Mm-hmm. So, sure, if you knew, if you need uh, an an encouragement of, of of heavenly rewards, it's still within sensuality, but it's not within this sensuality. So, you will at least remain celibate and withdrawn. But the Buddha did say. That perfect celibacy, basically, is not just uh, being celibate in this life, but not wanting rewards of heaven. Yeah, that would be the perfect. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's the perfect celibacy. So, yeah, he wasn't. Yeah. So he wasn't perfect, and that's why he started feeling ashamed. Oh yeah, None... and that's why he became a noble disciple on account of shame. Oh yeah, because they said oh, he yeah. won't, he's only doing this for yeah. A yeah. Other monks started saying. <laughs> Well, what kind of monk this is? He's just a monk because he wants to be rewarded by nim- with nims in the future. Mm. And he started feeling very ashamed. And then he made the effort and became a noble disciple and abandoned sensuality. So even as an encouragement, it didn't really make him abandon sensuality. But it's the encouragement that at least kind of enabled him to not give up the holy life. So really, as a last resort, which he, if was, he, going wa- which is he was going to do, yeah, he went to right. Buddha to say he's going to go back. There's a servant girl or whatever else was in the Sutta mentioned there uh, that's waiting for him. And da, da, da. and then the Buddha said, well, OK, you know, if you don't go back, these are the pleasures that wait for you. And then, OK, so I'll stay because I want the nims in the next life. So he didn't become a noble disciple on account of that, but he stayed a monk on account of that. Right. Yeah. And then he felt ashamed. And uh, dejected when he heard what other monks are saying, and then sort of made the effort and became resolute yeah. and abandoned it. Yeah. So, you want jhanas in this life? Yeah, you need to abandon principle of central pleasure. Whether it's this or the next heaven, doesn't matter. You need to not want it. You need to see the peril of it infinitely. The danger. Not replace it, not delay it. Through and through. Must be not wanted anymore. And that comes from you. And for as long as a person expects not wanting to come out of circumstances, out of results, out of techniques or something, it's not going to happen. It can only come out of wisdom that you develop for yourself, within yourself. So, sense restraint, virtue, guarding the senses and pondering on the dangers of those pleasures. Thoroughly and thoroughly and thoroughly. Until the dangers are seen immediately in the prospect of the pleasure. Not even a second after. You feel the threat. The threat is there. Poisonous drink. See, Mm. you drink it, poison is in that agreeable drink. Not, hey, here is the poison after when you drink that. It's the drink is the poison. So the prospect of that pleasure is the danger. How? Well, you need to see that for yourself. 